0: Hi all of you wonderful scuba divers out there, welcome to the scuba diver magazine podcast where I break down the latest scuba diving news and just things that have piqued my interest over the previous week. The podcast is sponsored by the scuba diving giant scuba pro who manufacture a wide range of diving equipment for entry-level scuba divers experiencing the underwater world for the first time to advanced technical divers and professional scuba divers as well. I'll talk more about scuba pro later on in this podcast. Bye. <laughs> Hi, all of you wonderful scuba divers out there. Welcome to the Scuba Diver Magazine podcast. Uh, This week, actual information about who bought NDAC and what they're actually doing with NDAC. Um, That will mainly make sense to people here, or divers here in the UK, who actually know what an NDAC is. Um, Foreign listeners may not have heard about it, but uh, over here, it's quite interesting news. Uh, Also, a leaked report regarding the Conception boat fire suggests that there could have been a different ignition point than previous believed in Spanish waters beachgoers are being nibbled on by local fish and a new collaboration makes an affordable iconic dive watch available this Saturday so yeah the first news story is uh, is here in the UK uh one of the like big and interesting inland dive sites was endac and it's like abruptly closed a few years back and it was never too clear exactly what was going on. There were rumours that the military had bought it so that they could do training there. Um, I think there was also one that it was going to be an octopus breeding farm, um, and this is in like uh, uh, oh, in Dac- it's in Wales, um, just near the uh, the border with uh, with England, and um, it's a uh, it's an old quarry that's uh, that's flooded and they did everything from you could zip line over the top of it i mean this place was huge um every now and then they'd have those inflatable um like obstacle courses for for kids and big kids to um uh, to play about on the water and yeah it was quite a good dive site, especially for training, because it's it's an inland lake. There's there's no current or tides that you have to worry about or anything, uh, but there was still stuff to see down there. And yeah, a few years back, they, they just kind of closed it, and we never really knew why or what was going to happen to it um, until this week. Our editorial director, Mark Evans, actually headed to Bristol to see for himself what this endeavour is all about, and... Now we know that it's the base of operations for DEEP, which is an ambitious company aiming to establish a permanent human presence under our oceans from 2027. So this is like Jacques Cousteau's original dream to create this underwater habitat where yeah, humans could, um, uh, could exist. And The company proclaims its purpose is to make humans aquatic, and Steve Etherton, the president's EMEA of Deep, explained this in more depth, uh, saying that we need to preserve the oceans, and to do that, we need to understand them. The oceans sit at the center of many of the generational changes the world is facing, and they also offer opportunities we have not even begun to comprehend. They are a source of at least every other breath that we take they influence the weather, they influence the climate, they influence us. Yet this life-sustaining ecosystem remains surprisingly unknown. Through our innovative technology, DEEP will enable scientists to operate at depth for extended periods of time, and we hope in some small way will contribute to our understanding of this life-giving environment. So think of it a bit like the ISS, you've got the International Space Station, um, throttling its way, Um, above us and they can run certain experiments that can only be done in space but this is going to be a habitat that's underwater and we've seen this in Hollywood movies plenty of times um, underwater habitats um, but now they're really planning on uh, like making this a, a real thing. At the core of the deep system is the impressive sentinel underwater habitat alongside a revolutionary range of submersibles dive and scientific research equipment all backed up by technical and human performance training and qualification programs a unique underwater research and development test and operations facility is taking its first steps at deep campus uh, this is what they're calling it uh, formerly known as Endac. um The Sentinel module, which is depth rated to 200 meters, it measures 17.5 meters by six meters across. It has a moon pool access and can host a crew of six with whatever equipment is required for that particular mission for up to 28 days at a time. It will be globally classed by DNV, the world's leading classification society for underwater technology, and this will give extended access to the most of the world's continental shelves and importantly being able to descend to 200 meters allows access to the entirety of the epipelagic or the sunlight zone where sun can actually penetrate through the water. Being able to comprehensively explore the full extent of this part of the ocean rather than just performing incursions from the surface will represent a step change in the way scientists can observe, monitor and understand the oceans following two years of intensive and pioneering research into innovative manufacturing processes and material science deep is at the advanced stage of a technical design and has commenced production the deep system offers a radically more effective way to live and operate underwater than has existed before it's not like a, a cramped like submersible where you have to be like on your hands and knees um, there's like desk chairs with wheelie chairs and uh, and actual stairs um, going down between um, uh, like spiral stairs between the different sections. So plenty of space. And um, previously, underwater underwater facilities have been temporary and fixed location. Uh, Deep's habitat is modular, scalable, much like ISS, uh, autonomous, recoverable, reconfigurable, and redeployable. So it's not just a just just a block that you just lower down into the ocean, you anchor it down, and that's where it lives. It's, it's modular. So if you need this certain extra habitat fitted to it, you can add that on. And if you need to relocate for whatever reason, you can. Uh, so it's, it's, it's made for, for the modern world. Deep showcased a mock-up of a uh, of a Sentinel at the launch, and it's extremely impressive in its scale and size. Uh, they actually had a a pre briefing a few weeks ago to see some artist renderings, uh, so they knew what to expect. But walking around the full size Sentinel in person was just something else. Apparently, um, it offers a lot of space inside to work and live underwater, and with it being modular, you could have several fastened together, creating a veritable underwater town. Sean Welpert, the president, Americas of Deep, said, out of sight, out of mind. Not having a better understanding of the oceans is no longer an option. Deep is coming out of stealth mode now, and we need to take others on this journey. We're already talking to potential international partners and others with a long-term view of the needs of the planet who recognize that the upside for humanity is preserving and husbanding the oceans is now too great to ignore. The UK, Southwest and Wales were selected as DEEP's initial base because of the unique cluster of relevant marine engineering, diving, hyperbaric and submersible expertise and links with the wider UK commercial and technical diving industry. Together, these provide the new foundation for an industrial and scientific ecosystem. After an initial briefing at the Bristol manufacturing plant, um, the uh, the editor Mark he uh, he moved to the Deep Campus at Tidnum, and he was keen to see what happened to the uh, the National Dive and Activity Centre or NDAC, And apparently he said that his jaw dropped when he drove through the familiar entrance. Deep has taken the site back to just bare bones. The car park and uh, and where the restaurant or the and the uh, the filling station or the buildings off to the right hand side, um, they're all just flat building sites uh however you get even more of an idea of the investment uh deep is making in the site when you walk to the edge of the drop-off next to the old car park and now there's massive scaffolding structures built into the wall and down to the water that provides a staircase down to a collection of floating pontoons it was all a uh, still a work in progress uh so they were unable to actually get down to the water side to see things uh, sort of up close but further additions include changing rooms toilet and shower facilities kit storage and more additional pontoons will be added running the length of the entire facility over time providing multiple entry and exit areas for different deep training testing and research programs that will be carried out on campus the deep institute will be offering a vast range of courses and programs including diving uh, from free diving through recreational into technical and closed circuit rebreathers uh, which means someone could go from never having dived before to being fully qualified as a CCR diver, as well as training to become submersible and ROV pilots. There's a big market in that nowadays. And there's even a ocean economy awareness course. Uh, so they're kind of changing it into a, a different dive center, but a very comprehensive dive center down there. So it's going to be very interesting to see when this is, um, it's like fully up and running. Um, yeah and uh and yeah actually sort of see it underwater. I don't know whether we're going to be able to uh, to play with one of these um uh the like system mockups. Uh that would be quite interesting, but yeah, it looks like uh, the uh, the the classic dive site is uh, is coming back. According to the LA Times, according to a as-yet-unpublished official report, the fire that killed 34 people on the California Diving liverboard Conception in 2019 may have originated in a large plastics rubbish bin by the staircase instead of what was previously thought to um, have been started by the charging of lithium-ion batteries. Now, the conclusion is based on exhaustive laboratory simulations of the fire, which broke out in the early hours of the 2nd of September, a few years back, while the three-deck timber-hulled liverboard was anchored off Santa Cruz Island. The new report was produced by Federal Investigators for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, or ATF. Uh, They built a full-scale reproduction of Conception's middle deck and carried out a series of burn tests that led them to the conclusion, although the source of ignition remains unproven, um, no evidence was found to support suggestions arising from initial investigations by another the federal agency, the uh, the National Transportation Safety Board or NTSB, that the fire could have started in the charging area for lithium-ion camera phones and computer batteries above the bunk room. The vessel's electrical system and improperly discarded smoking materials had also been listed among likely causes. There was a 105-litre polyethylene bin called a Rubbermaid Slim Jim that was located beneath open steps leading up to the main deck. This and other smaller bins around the vessel were described as highly combustible and were not allowed to be used in sleeping areas. Crew member Mickey Coles had told investigators that he emptied four smaller bins into this Slim gym at about 2.35am and had been woken some 37 minutes later by popping or crackling sound and saw fire at the foot of the stairway. This would have been the escape route for the 33 passengers and female crew member who had been sleeping in the bunk room on the bottom deck. In the event they were trapped as the flames spread and were all later determined to have died of smoke inhalation, each ATF simulation resulted in a wall of flames blocking escape routes within minutes of ignition and even more quickly with an added breeze, according to the report. The bin would have collapsed in just over two minutes with this saloon above the bunk room full of smoke after 12 minutes and the rear of the saloon ablaze after 14. The ATF report suggests discarded smoking materials as the possible ignition source Boylan smoked cigarettes, but claimed that he threw the butts overboard, whilst two of the crew had tested positive for cannabis, denied smoking on the vessel. After repeated delays, the boat captain, Jerry Boylan, uh, is due to appear in federal court in October on manslaughter charges, uh, which he denies. A Coast Guard investigation into the fire has been delayed pending the criminal case, and the ATF refused to comment on the LA Times disclosures whilst court proceedings were ongoing. Apart from the criminal case against Boylan. Multiple civil suits have been brought by families of the dead against Glenn and Dana Fritzler, who are owners of the conception operator Truth Aquatics, as well as the US Coast Guard, uh, because of their safety guidelines at that time. Uh, The service is accused of allowing Truth Aquatics to continue operating for years, despite substandard safety precautions aboard its vessels. Uh, This June, the Coast Guard issued a critical safety alert, urging commercial boat operators to avoid using Combustible rubbish bins like the Rubbermaid Slim Jim. Uh, so yeah, it's um, as far as I was aware. the uh, The general conclusion of um, of what started the fires was charging of electronics. Uh, we've all seen like lithium ion batteries on some electricals just randomly bursting into flames and that's what I was under the impression was what caused the the fire. Now it could be that it could be a, a bin fire catching a light from either a cigarette butt or, or something else. So um, yeah, diving on boats, be extra careful over fire. Uh, and if you are a smoker, make sure you do uh, extinguish your, your cigarettes before you put them anywhere, basically. In Benidorm, more than 15 people a day are seeking first aid treatment on Alicante's beaches after being bitten by new fearless obladas who are said to be attracted by moles, warts or small skin wounds uh, on your body, especially in older people. They're actually getting to the point where they're drawing blood and even leaving teeth wounds on arms, legs and backs. Experts say that due to the very warm weather, the temperature of the sea is much higher than usual. And that means that the metabolism of the fish has increased. So they're seeking more food and they're looking around. And we've all seen it whilst, uh, or most of us all seen it while um, scuba diving, where you get like cleaning stations. Where they they look for like imperfections in uh, in other fish and parasites and things, and they'll nibble them. Uh, unfortunately, they they look at our soft white flesh and um, and yeah, go go for a nibble. But these um, these fish, they're like thirty centimeters long. They're they're not little nibblers. They're they're quite. Big. Um, so um, yeah, when when they try and take a bite, they they actually do it. And the Institute of Coastal Ecology has been aware of this new phenomenon for several years. Um, it was reported to their uh, to the rescue and first aid service in mid-August 2017. Uh, but with the warmer and warmer sea temperatures, now it's getting up to between like 29 and 30 degrees, yeah. The fish are kind of getting hungrier, basically. And um, Tourists do tend to feed um, similar species around the port areas uh, not with themselves they, they actually get some fish food uh, however this year the uh, the fish are moving much closer to the shoreline uh, because of the the warmer temperatures and um, and some of these uh, these bavers say that the that they don't run away from people anymore they're so used to people just being in the waters um that's uh yeah but are they just getting more and more bold and more comfortable and uh yeah now they're hungry uh yeah they're kind of taking taking the bite out of some some local swimmers swimmers are being advised not to go into the sea with any uh like jewelry uh, anything that shines and glistens uh, because they can lead to attacks from uh, from species such as pomfretts golferfish, or bluefish and other spanish re- report uh, resorts have also reported similar attacks in previous years um so yeah if you are going to the area uh just be sure to uh, to sort of cover yourself up to uh to avoid being bitten and a new watch collaboration uh was announced this week um First came last Thursday's teaser ad via social media and it was basically a full page picture that just showed the uh, the Swatch logo at the bottle of uh, at the bottom of a swimming pool um and it was in a similar format as they um uh, Swatch had partnered with Omega to make a Moon Swatch uh, version of the um of the classic Omega moon watch. and it's it's a like a swatch collaboration so it's a lot cheaper um so if you want if you like the style but you can't afford a full-on like Amiga then yeah there was a, a cheaper version out uh and that proved very very popular so when we got this one of the um uh, uh, the Swatch logo underwater and with the date uh, 9, 9923, so that's um, September 9th, that's this Saturday. Um, people were getting quite uh, excited and it's a partnership between Swatch and Blancpain, who is the maker of the 50 Fathoms. Uh, the 50 thousands watch was commissioned by an elite team of French frogmen in the 1950s, as regarded as the first modern diving watch. Uh, I mean, an entry-level 50 Fathoms will set you back like £13,000, £14,000 easy. Uh, they're, they're pretty spendy. Um, so partnering up with, um, uh, with Swatch... In a similar way to uh, to what Omega did, people were quite excited that you could get this kind of style in a in a more affordable uh, design. And then on Monday came confirmation via Instagram, uh, posted to both brands' accounts. Blancpain X Swatch was stamped all over an oceanic map with five distinct areas marked up, the Arctic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, Atlantic, Indian, and Arctic Ocean, along with this Saturday's date, the 9th of the 9th, and this suggested a simultaneous launch of a set of five multicolored watches, a release model that would echo the initial set of 11 collectible moon swatches, uh, the partnership with Omega. And of course, the the internet did what it did, and it started to uh, to join all the dots. And the five different watches are named for the five different oceans, and each has a, um, uh, a special color, and, ca- and some have special characteristics as well. So the new Swatch take on the Blancpain uh, pan. Blank Pan 50 Fathoms is known as the Blank Pan Swatch Scuba 50 Fathoms Collection. Uh, yeah, there's five different models, and they're made from a bioceramic material powered by a System 51 mechanical movement and water-resistant now down to 91 meters, uh, which is 300 feet or 50 fathoms. And yeah, so the first one is the Pacific Ocean. So this is a kind of orangey-black... Uh, with some white detailing on it, uh, think like clownfish, basically colorings, uh, and it and it's on a, a NATO style watch. They they all are. There's the Indian Ocean, which is green black with a flash of orange, which is similar to a, a nudibranch. The Atlantic Ocean, which is a bit more subtle, it's just several shades of blue and white. The Arctic Ocean, which is for me, it's like a a coral, like reddish orange, with a like beige. Colorway to it. Uh, it's not really my thing, but someone's going to like it. And it's got a no rad um, little indicator on the on the screen itself, it as to replicate one of the um, uh, the Blancpain um, military watches. It uh, it had to have no radioactive uh, light signals from it, so from like luminous paint and whatnot, uh, they couldn't have any of that. Uh, the Antarctic Ocean is quite funky uh mainly on the back the back has a uh, you can see the movement and it is very artistic underneath it i think i can see it's either a wave or a nudie nudibranch and uh and it's it's quite pretty on the, uh, the on the back side uh the main watch itself is just whites and uh, subdued grays and it also has a, a moisture detector another feature from one of the uh, the other uh Blancpain watches so um yeah it's it's quite interesting and um uh, pretty cool they they do have some nice stylings to it and um they look very similar Um, as predicted. Uh, They have a variety of inspirations. The green Indian Ocean, blue uh, Atlantic Ocean, the yellow Pacific Ocean models refer to modern 50 Fathoms iterations, whilst the red Antarctic Ocean and the white Antarctic Oceans are inspired by rarer versions commissioned for the military purposes in the 1960s. Uh, There was the, uh, the NORAD, 50 Fathoms uh, indicating the absence of radioactive materials on its markings, and mil-spec models made for the US Army with a moisture indicator on its dial. Uh, All of the watches are 42.3 mil in diameter, 14.4 mil thick, and come presented on a NATO-style strap. Uh, The collection is non-limited, the um, uh, the one with um, the moon swatch with um, uh, with Amiga. I think that was limited to two per customer. Um, but this one isn't limited unless there's like insane demand for it, and it will be available worldwide in selected swatch stores from Saturday. It's priced at three hundred and forty pounds each. Uh, so if you are interested, then yeah, head over to your local swatch store. That was it as far as news. Um, This week I've been working on uh, red flags for, uh, for like dive centers and dive professionals. Um, If you're, um, if you see one of these, then yeah, it's a bit of a red flag for me. Um, And I've been thinking about R-Smart, I've been getting a lot of questions, and whilst I uh, I do try, or do my best to uh, to answer them via text as soon as possible, uh, actually creating the video, I'm getting quite a, a backlog. I've got uh, 17 pages of them. Uh, so I figured, whilst I was going through, I was like, oh, let's do some of the uh, the, the more interesting questions, because some of them are quite like succinct to, um, to turn them into actual questions. So I figured that I'd just do a couple of the um uh, the the quicker answer questions here uh, as opposed to actually creating a uh, full on video for them um so the uh, the first question comes from uh, from arm 83221 uh, and they say thank you for your advice and tips i enjoy the channel all the information uh, i'm looking at upgrading an unbalanced second stage to a balanced second to allow for better performance at depth It is currently hooked up to a balanced and environmentally sealed first stage. The first stage has been great, and I don't see any reason to update the first stage. If the new second is designed for the same uh, IP in stage pressure, is there any reason to replace the first stage as well? I'd prefer to save some money and spend it on diving. Uh, I'm leaning towards a deep six second stage. Any experience with that brand? Uh, Is it a smaller? It is a smaller company, but it seems to be well thought of online uh, for what that is worth. Uh, so there are some small reasons why it's best to get a complete regulator set, but it mainly comes down to just like matching serial numbers, um, the warranty, and uh, and CE. Which, uh, if you're um, outside of uh, outside of Europe, it's it's less important uh, from a mechanical standpoint. Yeah. There's no real uh, if it's specifically designed for to uh, to match that interstage pressure. Whatever the first stage is kicking out, then yeah, uh, a, a balancing wouldn't affect it in any way. Uh, as far as Deep Six, I'm aware of Deep Six. Uh, I don't have any firsthand experience with the brand myself. Um, I don't think they venture too far across the the pond very much, but. Um, no i mean balancing of a second stage mainly comes down to um just some minute uh like airflow routing around the valve so that the the air pressure is pushing and pulling like the valve equally um and it, it actually depends on the manufacturer because some of them define balancing in slightly different ways the traditional way uh, mainly for first stages is, is as you as you descend a and the pressure around you increases a unbalanced regulator or an unbalanced first stage will just continue to produce the uh, the same interstage pressure whereas a balanced first stage will increase that interstage pressure as the pressure around you increases and an overbalanced regulator will or an overbalanced first stage will actually increase it even more the further down you get and that's based on if you, need, uh, if you need to donate gas to a buddy in an emergency and you need to breathe a lot and there's two people breathing off a single first stage, then an overbalanced first stage will always be able to deliver more and more gas the deeper down you go. Some divers don't like it because they think if a hose ruptures or something, then it's just going to vent gas even faster. It's more about just balancing that little valve. Uh, so as the interstage... Uh, pressure changes because of the the first stage um then it it doesn't affect how hard or easy it is to just inhale so mechanically yeah it should be perfectly fine um it's just should something happen then it's it's kind of it's all on you uh the, the manufacturer can just step back and say well no we didn't assemble this regulator we we haven't tested this combination um so no we don't recommend this um and uh, and they can't be found liable should anything happen uh but no there's there's really nothing um uh, nothing really wrong with um with just investing in another second stage um you should be able to uh, to mix and match Another question came from Mike-BQ4OT, uh, and they say, very uh, uh, two questions about tipping. Uh, is there a norm such as, if you tip X of the, oh, should you tip X of the cost of the trip, no one will be offended, uh, with room above that for exceptional individual service? Should the tip be given to the boat captain so that it can be split amongst the crews? Uh, tips, tips are tricky. Um, and it's kind of, it depends on your wherever you're diving. Uh, they're not particularly common nor expected here in the UK, for example. Uh, but in a lot of countries they are. On most dive boats I've been on, they'll often leave like a pair of envelopes. It's all very open uh, and they they'll like talk you through it. Um and yeah, they'll they'll leave a pair of envelopes. One is for the crew and one is for the guides and you can contribute as you see fit. You usually have like an entire day um, to, uh, to get some cash and uh, like secretly squirrel it away uh, or publicly um, put it in. Um, and there's, there's just kind of less pressure because they don't want to just go up to each and every guest and go right, give me a tip now because that's a bit much. Um, at least on the boats that I've been on, they've been uh, they've been very uh, like just casual about it. If you want to, great. If you don't, it's kind of up to you. Uh, the general rule is uh, like five to ten dollars per cylinder on day boats uh think like ten to twenty percent of the cost of the course uh if you're doing a course with them and maybe between five to ten percent on the other uh, cost of liverboards if you're just going on a liverboard uh it it really does vary on location and um there's there's no specific yeah it's just it's always this kind of amount um you can usually look up online if you're going somewhere specific you can just go uh, so to like go online and just go hey i'm going here um what's the um the, the recommended tipping amount um should it be given to the boat captain yeah he or she is usually pretty safe um and um especially if you do it publicly uh there's usually at the end uh, everyone says a good uh, like thank you and pictures and all that kind of stuff and you just like present the um uh, the tips you do it there it's quite hard for them to just pocket it um most of the crew is usually uh, sort of above board as well uh so um yeah just do it somewhere publicly but usually there's some kind of a, a routine where um yeah, where yeah tips are are organized but if there is a particular dive guide uh or a crew member that you adore they've been really helpful for you uh yeah by all means uh sort of cash in hand uh deliver it to them but um yeah if you just want it to be evenly distributed uh yeah captain uh is, is usually pretty safe and that's it for this week. Uh, I don't want to uh, to rattle on too long, um, but yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. Remember to check out today's sponsor, ScubaPro.com. Um, I had a quick look around their website to see if there was anything else new. Uh, I did see on uh, on one website the uh, the new version of the Luna dive computer. It's not on ScubaPro's website though. Uh, so maybe that's just a, a US exclusive for the uh, for the time being. Uh, but it looks like a smart piece of kit. Uh, I'll be quite interested to, uh, to get my hands on one, see what that's like. It's kind of, um, if you remember the, what was it called? The uh, Cosmic, was it the Cosmic? Where it was just a black screen with uh, bright white um digits on it reminding me a bit of that kind of screen So very nice clean easy to read uh but a bigger screen and uh, and scuba pro so um and and it's named lunar after the uh the galileo range so it's got that heritage uh but anyway yeah that's it for another week uh thank you for listening everybody remember to head over to our website scuba uh check out today's sponsor scuba uh, i imagine all of you've heard of scuba pro uh but yeah thank you for listening everyone and of course safe diving